Hey, this is The Business Whip, a podcast dedicated to building pleasurable, productive, and ultimately profitable businesses. I'm Veronica Jans, and I'm obsessed with backends, specifically your business backend, your operations. And I'm the CEO and founder of Business Laid Bear, an operations agency that builds efficient and well-lubricated businesses through operations that feel orgasmic. And when you feel good, everyone else feels good too, meaning your team and your customers. Who doesn't want to consent to that? This podcast will give you the tips, interviews, and mindset shifts on how to run your business and its operations with immense pleasure and trust. So, ready to whip your business into shape with me? Let's get it on. Hey, welcome to The Business Whip. Having a podcast has been in the back of my mind for quite some time. Admittedly, I haven't done anything about this until now because I never really thought I had that much to say. Actually, let me rephrase that. I didn't believe that what I had to say was worthy enough of a podcast because I wasn't ready enough or good enough or experienced enough yet. Who knows, right? Or that maybe the successes I've had with clients over the years have been flukes. Yeah. Hey, imposter syndrome. And while imposter syndrome is something that I feel will never truly go away for me, I've learned to dance with it, acknowledge it, and give it a seat at my table when it shows up rather than run away from it or try to beat it to the ground. So despite these feelings, here I am doing the thing, showing up as all of me, because if not now, then when? So here on this podcast, I will show up exactly as I am unapologetically for you, or as I like to call it, being laid bare. And you'll come to see how much this phrase means to me, my business, and my brand, and how being laid bare is so important to your business operations. And while the podcast is about business and operations, I also want to bring you a little bit deeper into my world of how these operations get designed and built, my philosophies and what I believe makes for good operations, how I think and strategize, and even the new things I learn along the way. If I'm new to your world, hey. I'm Veronica Jans. I own Business Laid Bear, where we are an operations agency that builds businesses by transforming their backends from hot messes to well-lubricated machines. Essentially, we build businesses that feel orgasmic through operations. Our focus is helping CEOs like you implement strategies that will give you the time and capacity to step into the CEO role and do what you actually love instead of being bogged down, or as I like to say, being tied down by all the things that should be either delegated or systematized or even could be done better so you're more efficient. And if you're also wondering why all the sexy, kinky, and hopefully witty puns, Veronica, well, it's because that's who I am through and through. I'm kinky. I live a 24-7 dominant submissive relationship with my partner, Curtis, and I also teach BDSM and kink to beginners in a really fun and easy way on the side. And if you're further wondering how does kink and BDSM play a role in business and operations, well, let me tell you. At their core, business and operations and kink are about people. Kink teaches us about managing, interacting, and bringing out the best in people. It also teaches us about having both constraints and freedom. Kink also teaches us about clear communications, boundaries, and following appropriate protocol. And then one day, I realized something, and it was probably either when I was eating or in the shower. These things also translated to business and operations. 
And I have to say, since bringing these two aspects together into my business and showing my clients what that's like, business has been orgasmic, energetically, financially, and soulfully. Which is why when I was thinking about what topic to kick this podcast off with, I immediately thought about the phrase that I use so much because it's so fundamental to what we do. And the phrase is, if it's not orgasmic, don't settle. In theory, it's easy to understand, but it takes a lot of intention in practice to accomplish. It's about giving you the permission to live a life and to run a business that brings you joy and pleasure every day. And sometimes it's not easy to acknowledge and give ourselves that permission because we've got a lot of shit and baggage we carry around, either intentionally or not. So let me kick off this episode about my search for orgasmic joy in my life and entrepreneurial career and how the phrase, if it's not orgasmic, don't settle, is so core to me, my clients, and hopefully you, and to spark some inspiration about how you might find more orgasmic joy in your life and in your business. Let me just get it out there that much of my life growing up was anything but orgasmic. Growing up Chinese in America was really hard for me. Even though I was born here, I struggled with constantly doing what was expected of me, aka the Chinese side of life, and also what I had learned and seen from school and my peers and watching TVs about going after the American dream. Like as much as I was Americanized, my family believed in really traditional Chinese values and also retaining it so that I wouldn't forget. And not surprisingly, I was pressured into a predetermined path. Be a doctor, they said, or be a lawyer, they said, or be an engineer, they said. Something stable, predictable, and had a well-worn path that I could follow. But if you're listening to the show, I'm sure that, like me, despite how you grew up, you ended up realizing you never wanted to do something just because somebody told you so, or worse, have to do it their way. So I went to Stanford to become a doctor, much to my family's excitement. But after two years, I just couldn't hack it anymore. There was simply no joy. And the defining moment that made me realize that being a doctor was not what I wanted to do, even though it's something that was instilled in me for about 18 years, was that I was observing a surgery one day. Granted, it was just like a small bicep surgery kind of thing, but oh my God, I was super excited. I was able to like be up close and observe what was happening. And I realized that the turning point for the desire to change was instead of focusing 100% on the surgery, I kept watching how much plastic was piling up in the garbage can during that simple but like long surgery. And that's when I knew. And that's when I also knew that I would have to face the disappointed looks on my family's faces when I uh, broke the news. And yeah, not gonna lie, I'm still a recovering people pleaser. It's something I have to work hard at every day. But yeah, that moment in the operation room basically set me free. And even though I was free, I was totally overwhelmed because for the first time in my life, I went against what my parents wanted and what the predetermined path they had set for me for my whole life. And suddenly it's like I had too many options and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do because being a doctor was all that I knew. So after much trial and error, I ended up 
creating my own major, combining three separate majors into one because this is exactly who I am. I remember so clearly the day the Dean of Engineering said, why can't you just pick one? We have 143 majors here for you to choose from. And I said, that's not how I work. I'm to pursue product design, something that I have been interested in since I was a kid but didn't have words for it. I want to be responsible and understand how to sustainably source the right materials. After all, I'm from Oregon. And also minimize the carbon emissions during manufacturing and also be responsible for what happens when the product gets thrown away, the end of life portion of design. And if I'm also going to design something, I want to make money from selling it too. I just knew that in my gut, following my own created path was the right thing, despite so many people telling me otherwise. And it actually paid off. And even though I can't draw or sketch worth shit, and I still can't, being in the product design department was life-changing. I actually got to use my self-created major to help other people, whether it be fellow students or when I was consulting with Apple and Nike. And because I realized that being a project manager was something that was like breathing air to me, helping fellow students bring their ideas to life was something that I actually enjoyed because I had no idea that people didn't think like I did. It felt like things that feel so logical to me I have to realize and constantly learn that not everybody thinks the way that I do. And because I was one of the few students in the product design department that loved to put together project plans, I helped a lot of my fellow classmates. And that's when I learned three really important things. Number one, I learned how to work with visionaries and creatives and really understand how their brains worked, how they visualized information and what made them tick in the best way to help them do the work in their zones of genius. Number two, I learned the importance of creating systems, processes, and checklists for not only myself, but for the people that I worked with, the creatives and the visionaries. Because my skill set was in demand, I couldn't be everywhere at once. So how could I help lots of people without burning out and also in a way that honored who they were? Meaning if the systems and solutions I created were not like in alignment and intuitive and just felt natural with who they are, it meant that I didn't do my research well enough, which leads me to lesson number three. The concepts I learned in product design, like how to design with empathy and compassion and delight, or as they call it at Stanford, human-centered design, was about understanding people and getting to know people at the core of who they are. And then the other things that I learned, like how to iterate quickly and fail fast, to name a couple of examples, were also the foundations in which I would carry with me to present day of how I'm able to create these orgasmic operations for my clients. What I took away most from college was that what I wanted for myself mattered. And despite so much of my family telling me I was dumb or that I didn't know best, I had a choice to continue down their way, safe and predictable, or take ownership of my life for the first time and do things my way, even though they were uncharted, unorthodox, and unpredictable. Though what sounded like hundreds of voices from family and academia telling me what I should do, I honed in on the one voice that needed to be heard from the most, mine. So 
After college, I really wanted to explore my sexuality, specifically kink and BDSM. I had read my fair share of Harry Potter fanfiction, watched Secretary, also read Fifty Shades of Grey, and if I really trace back my kink lineage, is that the word, or history, I'm pretty sure that I discovered I was kinky when I watched Aladdin when I was four. I didn't want to be the Blue Jasmine. Like, I didn't want the palace and the tiger and the flying carpet. I wanted to be the red jasmine, you know, the one shackled up, taken hostage by Jafar and thrown in an hourglass. And kind of funny story, every year that my mom asked me what I wanted to be for Halloween, I would always say red jasmine. And then she would come back to me and say, there are no red jasmines in your size. And after 10 plus years of wanting to explore it, it took leaving a very toxic and abusive relationship, like emotionally, mentally, and physically, for me to finally be free to do the thing I've yearned for for so long. It's like this huge dark cloud just like dissipated. And I was finally free to explore something that I really had wanted for so long. In the kink community, I finally found the freedom, joy, and pleasure from being seen and loved for all of me, ambitious, entrepreneurial, and now kinky. I had found my people my chosen family. And after being around kink positive people, like literally 24 seven, I wanted to surround myself with more kink positive people who were actually like me, entrepreneurial. And at this time around 2015, the online business space was definitely more buttoned up, but I just knew my people were out there and I figured what better way to find my community than to just show up as all of me. And when I came out as kinky with my photos, my profile pictures, my website, one by one, people showed up, some as business besties and some as clients. And let me just be clear about something. So just because somebody works with me or is in my sphere doesn't necessarily mean that they are kinky. Like that's the one thing that a lot of people were worried about was like, hey, if I'm hanging out with you, Veronica, doesn't mean that people are going to assume I'm kinky. And the short answer is absolutely not. My community isn't just about sex or kink, though it's a fun part of it. But if you really zoom out, it's these women that are taking charge of their own lives, going against the grain of what society expects from them and creating their own freedoms and finding unapologetic joy in everything that they do. I love that we are all about letting go of being restricted by the limiting beliefs and expectations that do not serve us, whether it be professional or personal. I really do believe that phrase or however it's called when people say that you get out as much as you put in because I've been the victim. I've played the victim. And when I decided to stand up for myself and to not be that way anymore, I loved the people that I was attracting. I love that I get inspired by my clients when they hire me, not because they aren't good at what they do. It's that they're so good at what they do that their business has exploded. But in order to serve all these new customers and clients, they feel like there isn't anyone that they can really count on because they feel that they're responsible for everything in their business because at the end of the day, it's their name that's on the stamp. It's their name and reputation that's being delivered in whatever the end deliverable is. 
And because the business is doing so well, they feel that unless they're hand-holding their employees, it will all fall apart. And that's not orgasmic. And when you fear that your business is going to crumble when you're not paying attention, either because you're wanting to go on a business trip or maybe just take a vacation for yourself and actually unplug instead of checking emails. Hello, I've been there. When we're constantly in a state of anxiety and fear and stress regarding our business, it really shows. Like when you can't look away and go on that business trip or take that vacation and truly unplug, you know that something is going to be preventing you from being the best that you can be. It's going to prevent you from showing up for your team, for your audience, for your customers in the way they're looking for you to show up for them. And that's not working in your zone of genius because we know what it's like to work in our zone of genius, a time where everything is filled with joy, with ease and momentum, and that You've started this business and that you can actually actualize on the business idea that you've started. We all know what it feels like to not be understood or to have to censor ourselves or to hide a part of us for fear of judgment and ridicule. We know what it's like to walk our own path, even if that path looks crazy, confusing, or stupid to the people around us. We all know what it's like to wish that there were people we could relate to that helped us show up as ourselves. And if there's anything that I've taken from building a community of strong, sex positive, and freedom seeking women, is that I'm here for the people that need to see, oh my God, here's this like kinky person just running around naked on her website and it's okay. I'm here to help you be the business owner, the CEO that you want to be, not what you think you should be. And I will stand here and support you loudly and proudly all day. So let me tell you what happens when you show up exactly and unapologetically as you desire. Like your people and your clients find you because you're showing up bigger, more powerfully, and you're more confident in just owning who you are. And when you do this, you attract more of your ideal clients which means that your business takes off even more because more people align with you and what you have to say and want to hire you and pay you for your services. Then you may hit a capacity ceiling where your business cannot sustainably meet or handle the demand that comes your way. And like many of my clients who've experienced a 2X or 3X growth in monthly revenue, I've seen that instead of celebrating and being over the moon at their new growth, they're actually panicking as they start to do the work because it's more than they can handle and while working longer hours. And because they feel like they're the only ones who can do things to their standards, they become the bottleneck. And even if they have a team that is ready to help them or they would like to hire more people due to this cash influx, they can't. And they're tied down doing things that don't fulfill them or maybe are in their zone of genius. And oftentimes when I look at why they've hit that capacity ceiling in addition to showing up unapologetically, I see that their systems and processes are either half-baked or non-existent. And anything that was working before the new influx of growth and customers is now no longer good enough at this new level. And while these problems hurt, 
there is an answer. Better operational strategy and infrastructure that are exactly what you need to support you at your new level of business operations. I want you to thrive, and I don't want more money, more problems to happen to you. This is why I'm so passionate about what I want to teach you on this podcast. I want you to make all the money, experience all the amazing benefits that being your own CEO affords you, and just radiate orgasmic joy and freedom in your life and in your business. I don't want things like operations to stop you, which is why I'm here. And I'm here to show you how putting people first and designing your operations from a place of empathy and joy is going to be game-changing for your productivity and profits because it's all going to stem from what brings you pleasure. And if you're like me, if things feel good to me, I want more of it. And if there's anything I've learned in 2020 is that there's no time like now. I'm done taking life for granted because you never know what's going to happen. So from me to you, seek out pleasure and seek out unapologetic joy in your business and life. And remember, if it's not orgasmic, don't settle. Thanks for listening to The Business Whip, hosted by yours truly, Veronica Yons, CEO and founder of Business Laid Bare. If you enjoyed this episode, spank that subscribe button in whichever podcast app you're listening in and share this with your friends. Thank you from the bottom of my butt, because let's be real, it's so much bigger than my heart. I'll see you in the next episode.